Namaste, motherfuckers, and welcome to Tantric Conversation, episode number 17, Chris Milk. Chris Milk is a local artist, painter, musician, marionetteer. I don't know what you call people who play with puppets, but he does puppet shows too. And um, has been a friend of mine for a long time. A friend of mine so long that we've had plenty of things to fight about and have issues over. And so we get a little uh, testy, a little arguey in this interview. But uh, hey, it's it's real shit. Again, these are not interviews; they're conversations, and these things happen in conversations. And I think they're interesting. I hope you agree. Um, <clears throat> I put a picture up of Chris on the site to go with this interview, and it shows a mural that he just recently did for uh, Bunny Hop Bicycles in Oregon Hill, which was uh, it's been a little damaged after that. There's a little story to go along with that. Um, it's kind of interesting. And uh, it's, I don't know, it reminds me on the heels of the last interview I did with Abby is, you know, you, you put stuff out there and when you put stuff out there you risk having that stuff shit all over. And uh, it was a pretty literal example, you know. He, uh, he's put something up there, put his art up on a wall in a public sp- space and then somebody who has beef with him can uh, attack it to work out those issues and uh yeah it's it's pretty dramatic it's i guess but you know there's no such thing as bad publicity right i think chris has worked things out with the uh assailant since then from what i understand i don't know and spoken to me lately because uh got our own things going on but uh i sincerely uh as i said in the text before this um this interview on the page. Uh, Chris has had a huge influence on me since I've known him. You know, he can, whether or not that's what he cop to or own or be interested in, I've been watching him behave a certain way and create art a certain way and live a certain way for 20 plus years since I uh, sort of came down to VCU and moved into my own apartment. Chris uh, first left his parents' place. He crashed on my couch for a week. Incidentally, we uh, we talked about a lot of this in another interview that I recorded that with him that fucked up because of my my uh, recording equipment was malfunctioning, and I just didn't feel like retreading all of that and uh, and redoing it. It just didn't feel authentic to me, so we just picked up where we left off. But um, anyway, I mean, I first encountered. Chris is a you know a young man kind of leaving home and I had just left home and he stayed with me for a while and, and we've just kind of known each other off and on we you know lived in New York at the same time I shared a, shared a studio up there my band practiced in it he painted in it he lived with my sister um, I hung his paintings in a restaurant I was managing I've uh, I just always you know whatever it is that I think an an artist is supposed to be and I'm not here to tell anybody else what an artist is supposed to be but what I think it's supposed to be uh, has always sort of I've just always projected it onto Chris Um, and whether he knows it or not he's given me permission to exceed my programming 
in a lot of ways, places where I've been a little repressed or uptight, uh, him fucking with me or teasing me or just setting another example has, uh, <laughs> has encouraged me, um, to make progress and being less uptight and, and, you know, being more willing, be willing to put stuff out there. I just think that's, it's really important. I mean, any of you can listen to these podcasts and see that I don't really know what I'm doing when it comes to sound. I'm learning it as I go. And, um, I am the kind of person that has been stymied in doing many things creatively throughout my life because of that desire for perfection. You know, I want to come right out and be really good at it from the get-go. But I have, you know, time's a waste and life's too short. And I am really trying to just do something and put it out there and, and maybe get better at making it into some kind of a, you know, Maybe something more listenable as we go, but I think the whole process is interesting, and the whole process is inspiring to me. I mean, watching how a, an artist like Chris has developed over the years and and just been real, made mistakes, fucked up, but uh, you know, just kind of continued doing it. I I kind of just feel like that's the role of the artist to live publicly and to put you know put all your stuff out there. Um, and to make sort of a human sacrifice, you know, be the, you know, to be the one, the person who's, you know, living certain aspects that people like to keep to themselves and are embarrassed about or shy about living that out loud and living that in public for people to relate to, for people to see that it's not so scary to be yourself and to put yourself out there and, um, and to acknowledge yourself, everyone Everyone has something in them. Everyone's an artist. Everyone's creative. I honestly believe that. And um, I think a little too much in this commercial society of ours, um, we just go, well, that's that's not my domain. Being creative is not my domain. It's the domain of the trained artist. And we miss a lot of voices because people are afraid or don't feel qualified to come out and do something because they're not professionals. And... Um, it's it's one of the reasons I've always liked karaoke is because you get all kinds of people to stand up and and just open their open their mouths to sing. Um, one of my favorite uh, sort of artist statements came from uh, Henry Miller in the beginning of Tropic of Cancer. He says, "I have no money, no resources, no hopes. I am the happiest man alive." A year ago, six months ago, I thought I was an artist. I no longer think about it. I am. Everything that was literature has fallen from me. There are no more books to be written. Thank God. What this then, this is not a book. This is libel, slander, defamation of character. This is not a book in the ordinary sense of the word. No, this is a prolonged insult, a gob of spit in the face of art, a kick in the pants to God, man, destiny, time, love, and beauty, what you will. I am going to sing for you. A little off-key, perhaps, but I will sing. I will sing while you croak. I will dance over your dirty corpse. To sing, you must first open your mouth. You must have a pair of lungs and a little knowledge of music. It is not necessary to have an accordion or a guitar. The essential thing is to want to sing. This, then, is a song I am singing. So, kind of sums it up for me. And, um... 
Chris has kind of helped me uh, over the years to do my own singing. And at the end of this, we get a little of his singing. And uh, without further ado, let's go. Speak up. Yeah, like I can put my finger in between my lips and That's the good. microphone. That's good. I'm getting like a flat line over here when you're talking <sighs> and you're normal. I'll turn it up. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm going to have to do. Um, well, it's still nice in here, and it's, it's very fragrant. I can I can smell you from over here, which is very uh, the sexy. interview is already winding. The interview is already winding down. <laughs> <laughs> About ready to wrap it up. Got a closing <laughs> statement you want to make? Yeah, no, it's actually kind of come into nice. a man's house and complain. <laughs> Start with nothing but complaining. Go go immediately from the temperature to my body odor. I actually am not complaining. I like it uh, in here today. It's only like seven. What is it like seventy five yeah, degrees? Yeah, it's a delightful it's nice. day. Yeah, it'd be absurd to have air conditioning going. Yeah, it's good to have the windows open. Nice cross draft. Um, did, you, did this mural project that has just happened? Were you an official part of that? No. Or? Did you just happen to be? No, doing the there's nobody. The nobody time? local is. Well, one lo- there's one local guy involved. The, the 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 it's a DC run thing where they bring a bunch of um, outsiders into Richmond and throw stuff up. What do you think about that? I've heard a lot of complaints. I will keep my opinion to myself. Why? Why will I keep my opinion yeah. to myself? I I wish that something that was so personal, um, as in like it's a Richmond thing. It's yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. That was was a little bit more uh, locally involved. I can understand that. I don't. I think that's a reasonable thing to come out and say as a local artist and as a person who's painted a number of. Murals it probably sounds uh, bitter coming from from a local artist, but it's not. Well, I don't think it's a. And there are I some wonderful, there's some wonderful pieces of art out there. I, 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 let me state also that I am not an art aficionado. I mean, you don't like art yourself. I'm not. I don't care about art. Yeah. Well, I care. Uh, I mean, do you care about uh, interesting? Or I don't care about. I, 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 that's a. That's obviously an overreaching statement. But, but you use the it's word. It's not one of my things. You're not into art on your own to go look at other people's art and stuff like that. Now, you used the word outsider. I did have not used the word outsider. You did. You just said they let a bunch of outsiders. Oh, I was, yeah, because I was about to use the less flattering word. But, um, (laughs) but outsider is what you, is one of the maybe easy, low hanging fruit ways of describing you as an artist. Because you kind of came at being, doing your thing from your own angle. You didn't get a, you know, a fine arts education. Um, Correct. Your, and, and so when, when muckety mucks want to talk about art, they talk about someone like you as an outsider artist, right? Is that, uh, am I right, wrong about well, that? Well, I, I think that, yeah, I've, I've, I've tried forever to avoid the, the labeling, but I think what, if I, if, if the, uh, if a muckety muck was to, uh, was, was to label me, I might fall under the category of, uh, self-educated, but they have these cat. Like, am I wrong about this? No, f- no, no. Outsider, there's outsider, folk, there's outsider. Yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, folk, and right? I don't know what all the as, a, as a non-educated, as a self-educated uh, artist, I, I don't know really what all the terms are. I don't know if I would truly be considered a, an outsider since I'm 
included in a lot of things, but I think that, uh, yes, somebody might say I was an outsider, but I, I think that from, from what people have told me, um, self-educated is more appropriate. Okay. Auto autodidactic is one of the ways we say that. Sure. And, um, since I know you, and we actually tried to do this one time before, and, and we I experienced equipment failure, I know that <laughs> you... Blamed it on me. I'm not on, blaming on, it on, on you. On, Are on. you feeling a little... Uh, okay. Um, why don't you take another couple swigs there and <laughs> mellow out? <laughs> um, this You you came at painting from actually starting to work doing house painting doing a very work you know trade kind of painting Correct. working with house paints and out there painting and then you started to say I want to go in into my room and slap this stuff on wood and yeah, well, kind, that kind, kind well it was I, I I was not looking for a career in art I did art as uh, more of a uh, private more like somebody who might keep a diary um continuously throughout their young adulthood and was doing house painting and had um you know half gallons of leftover house paint and wood laying around the house and it just was natural at some point that uh that I started doing it started painting and when you when you are when you are working on that, are you conscious of developing? Uh, and I, I want to go into this, but I feel like talking more about this mural thing. So we'll just have to come back to it later. Uh, are you conscious of? See, when I look at your art, and I look at it from the, the viewpoint of having gone to get a liberal arts education and being in, in encouraged to view things within brackets and in eras and phases and periods and themes and schools and all of this crap so that I could get good grades and whatnot. Um, I'm conscious of your art having over the years going through different um, moods and themes and having a consistent look for a period of time and then that look changing. Or do you come at your paintings with a with a, th- a thought about that or you just start painting a certain way and that's what's happening and you're there until it runs its, its course? Or No, there's not much... Uh cognizant thought that goes into anything. In fact, I think less and less <clears throat> as the years have gone by, I think I come at it with less and less preparation. I no longer um, do much sketching. I take notes here and there and I, you know, I, I, I keep a list of ideas sometimes. But more and more it just, uh, it's just what, it just goes straight from brain to Wood, mm-hmm. and in surface, you used to keep it pretty flat. Uh, just draw on the wood and color on the wood, mm-hmm. and I, you gradually started putting the gold leaf mm-hmm. on there. And now they're really getting three dimensional. They're starting to have big hunks of wood att- affixed to them. And oh yeah, like literally three dimensional. Not uh, yeah, like there's yeah 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 yeah. There's it's fun I and mean, it's it's. You know, it's uh, ugh, God forgive me for for applying that adjective to my work. Fun? Yeah, it's, Why? My, it's like my Achilles heel. When <laughs> well, people, is it people fun? come into a gallery, <laughs> they look at my shit and they go, "Oh, it's fun." Ah. then I walk away. Maybe they mean whimsical. What I meant by fun was not the art itself. I meant there are fun things to do 
that can result in art and the jigsaw is a fun tool to play with. A jigsaw is a fun thing to do, to cut something out of wood and to use a, a, a tiny bit of sculpting, a tiny bit of sculpture in making art has proven to be a fun <laughs> activity. But that is what I've always liked about your art. Is that it's uh, okay? So I won't use that one syllable word. There's whimsy. There's playfulness. There is that um, the beginner's mind, the childishness of it. I always, as a person who did get a little fucked over by going to school and having it like having writing made into something that is a chore, and that I look at, I break it down every time I'm reading something. I break down what the writer is doing, and and I can't help that anymore. You, by not getting involved with all of these professors and all of these people that were trying to guide you, it seemed like you got to c- continue to have fun making art. Absolutely. And that has always come through in your stuff. Even if it's relative, if it has any darkness to it, there's still a childish darkness to it. Like, um, it's not uh, morbid and it's not scary or, or tortured. Or anything like that, or it's, it's or, or frivolous or decorative. It's it's right. It's, it's somewhere in between. I hope. Yeah. I guess. Yes, I would say that it's and it has, it has. God, I was getting ready to say it's matured, but I don't think so. It's actually stayed the same level of maturity, which is not uh, not a value judgment. It's like it's been consistently. Um, it's as serious as it needs to be. It's as playful as it needs to be. And uh, it's enjoyable to look at, but you can, if you want to dig a little deeper into it, get something out of it that's a little deeper. Um, sure. And I guess that's the kind of person you are. Your paintings are well, like and that's what that's why you know I used the word diary mm-hmm. earlier, and I think that that's uh, that's what that's just all it is. It's just you just go straight to paper, or you're straight to wood, or straight to whatever surface. You know, it's just like there's why why fuck around and and put a bunch of detours and overthought into it when really you can just just go just do it just get mm-hmm. up on uh, you know get up and just do it you know it doesn't always work out but that's the that's the risk anybody takes i suppose are you are you putting things that are experiences under these into these paintings like or is it just vague emotion or are you actually trying to is there a coded message sometimes is there a, a vague story panel <sighs> Yeah, that's gonna sound so good. Later. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's too much. That's too much to think about. Okay, so that that's kind of answers the question, right? Yeah. Um. So, you've done a number of murals. How did like that? That seems like a natural progression since you started painting buildings, and I mean, you, you know, as just coloring them, like you know, craft kind of painting and then come back to working on canvases. And then how many murals have you done? Very few. Like you did the A21. Yeah. What else we got? Uh, There's one down at the canal walk that actually I had help with. So I don't take full responsibility for it. There's another one that I just did over um, on North side. That was actually, I was more in charge of than actually painting so again that's not really mine the the uh, the one that i did most recently was here in oregon hill at the new bunny hop bike shop is that the right there on the 
Laurel and Albemarle. Yeah, and the old um, what was that? A rest was that a restaurant at one time? Yeah, it was at one point the Friendly Market when I was yeah. first living in Oregon Hill. It was not friendly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I didn't know this about this mural project that they didn't use local people. I mean, I knew. I guess I knew that there were famous people doing some of these murals or semi-famous people who famous you know, in the in the world of street art i guess uh-huh. so i kind of caught that I, I, there's a level of mastery going on there that like the one by the village the girl in the jam jar is pretty cool beautiful i, I like that one a lot uh i also like that really minimalist one that's down there near shaco denim haven't seen it but but i was excited about that when i saw it because i was like you know it used to seem it seemed like it was fucking impossible to get something like that done in richmond a because nobody would get their shit together to do it and b because somebody would be stopping them from doing it uh there would be a bunch of people complaining there'd be a bunch of permits and a bunch of hoops to jump through to the point where it just gets bogged down and doesn't happen so i took seeing this project happen just sort of seemingly to me out of the blue and suddenly there's this massive undertaking going on as a great sign that things are rolling in this town, but I had no idea that sort of local artists were. Yeah, even, yeah. Were they I, I would. Well, or were they not okay. So here, okay. So here's the thing. For yeah. for one, let's just start with the fact that, yeah, in in a way, we are impressed by the fact that Richmond has allowed itself to do something so non-conservative, so seemingly open-minded, so great, and and I think. Ironically, Ed Trask has a big role in that, having already blanketed the Richmond with murals for the past 30 years, right. I think kind of laid the groundwork for that being an okay people thing. Used people were, people idea, were used to right. the idea of that. So there's two, there's two street art things. One is the G40, which is happening now, that is, that is organized from what I understand, and I don't know everything about it, by a thing called Art Wino. It comes out of D.C., and that's about all of I know. That And that this year they included, I, from as far as I know, one Richmond artist. Um, Jesse Smith, tattoo artist. Um, great guy. Um, but, uh, and then there's the Street Art Festival... And so last year, which is organized by Ed Trask and John Belisles, and last year they both happened at the same time. And so n- nobody knows, and this will come full circle, nobody knows the difference between the two. Nobody understood that there was two different things. They're both happening this year, but about a month and change apart and to to to, to uh, when I say nobody knows what's going on, it's one of the things that irks me about the G forty thing is that nobody knows what's going on. When you say nobody knows, nobody knows. It's it's like well well the, the way it works is that you like, could, you can sign yourself up, um, right? A, 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 a building owner can sign himself up for. Or he, himself or herself, I guess. Women own buildings, right? Sometimes, and um, and, Somehow they slip and through put and ha- and and say yes, go ahead, give me one. So then they get whatever. Mm-hmm. They don't get to. They, they, don't, they don't get, get to, to choose the person. Choose, right. They don't get to choose what it is. They just somebody comes and does a thing on their wall, and and the, you know, at some point, and there it is. And I have heard a lot of 
concern from some business owners that they're maybe not so happy with with some of the things that have happened. Not uh-huh. to, not to. I don't want to poo poo on the the G forty, and I hope that that's not. No, like these the are legitimate things. Attitude that, that I'm all right. Putting. It's not. It's not even my world. I don't really care. I'm not a muralist. I've done right. a couple of them, and it's and it's fun, and it's fine, and it's a great challenge, and I love it, and I just. I'm just sort of reflecting what I have heard in the community. And I've heard some wonderful things, too. Plenty of people love it. And there have been some, you know, there's some ones that I look at and go, man, that's amazing, especially as somebody who has struggled to to go from, you know, two feet to 200 feet. You know, it's a, it, it's a, it's a whole... Again, without whole anybody ever showing you how to do that, you just kind of figured it out when you went to the mural side? Well, I've I've worked with... Ed Trask, but on on some of his murals, but no, uh, yeah, I mean, I've the way I work is 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 different than anything I've learned. It's just yeah, just sort of go for it, get up on the ladder and do it. All right, so I didn't like I didn't realize that this is an outside enterprise. Do, the G forty the, are these local the G forty people, Richmond people that bring, have organized and brought in other people, or they just totally just go from town to town. Doing G40 street. is a DC-based art thing. I okay. don't really know what. I don't. I don't have. I don't. I just, <laughs> this, this interview is about G40, and I do not know enough about it to really. Well, no, I mean, look, it's not. A, it's about like you're okay. It's because you have, as you pointed out, you've been making art in in this town for uh, thirty years. I guess, like when you had your first show, I mean, you've been in and out of town, but I guess you've been really dedicated actually hanging art shows in Richmond for how long? Like 20 years, 15 years? Yes, right in between. I mean, you've been in and out of it. Like before going to New York, you did stuff here and there, like maybe making T-shirts for Mama Zoo or you did the 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 A21 thing was before going to New York for a while, right? That was like 90s, wasn't it? We had to start this over. Whatever. Why? Because the whole thing is about G40, and I have already said things that I don't, I'm not that. Come on, man. I don't want to talk about G40. Well, we're, we're <laughs> don't worry about that. And it's going to, it's going to, it's it's a small city, and I'm going to already say some, it's, I'm already going to be stepping on some toes. But you're, that I don't want to But you're a badass, like, artist. You're doing your own thing. I mean, is that really going to interfere with your. Yeah, but I've got no, I've got no. Uh, Okay, but I could we can get at the why you would even have this in your craw in the first place, which I think is interesting for people to listen to. It's a real conversation instead of a bunch of bullshit fluff about this stuff. You are qualified as a resident of this city and an artist in this city for many years to say it strikes me the wrong way. And I, I personally just don't know how I feel about it. You can say that. Well, yeah, like, it doesn't strike know. me the wrong way. I've just I'm just I'm like I said earlier, I'm just part of parlaying chatter that has that has gone in you know, right. that, I, that I'm privy to as an artist or as whatever and it's just uh, it's just a strange uh, phenomenon and it okay. says something strange about Richmond and it I think it does it's, it has, it, this is a very real politics. thing that it has a hard time loving its own sons when it comes to shit like this you'll bring in some people from out of town to organize music festivals and pay no attention to the local bands. Right. There'll be big things like the folk festival on Bra- on Browns Island. I don't know how many local bands wind up playing that, but people get really excited about it. Um, and I have the sense that it's a lot of national and international 
acts. But I can see how, like, there is a sense that people in the larger body of <laughs> Richmond, outside of the people that know each other, a very small group of people, as you just mentioned, who know each other because they are sort of in the confines of the actual municipality of Richmond, and then they hang out in the fan in Oregon Hill, and they're in bands, and they make art, and they all kind of know each other. Outside of that, Richmond people pretty much ignore what's actually going on in Richmond from artists, it's more legitimate to them when it comes from somewhere else. Well, right? which, and which, and that, that, that I guess is just a, that's just a, that's not a Richmond thing. That's sort of, sort of celebrity worship that if, well, it is and it isn't a Richmond thing. Richmond definitely responds to name branding. They definitely responds to like, oh well, I've heard of that, so I will buy it. Mm-hmm. You know, which is which like goes be, which goes beyond Richmond. But I think that I've felt like Richmond has sometimes a special hold on that. Mm-hmm. It does. It's kind of like I think. I mean, my feeling from talking to a lot of people is, and and having lived here, but I've come back from being gone for four years. I have a little bit new eyes on it. There is a sense that um, we don't think, like, especially, I mean, people like, uh, you know, our group of peers do know that there are interesting things going on here. But Richmonders in general think that they've just kind of got some half-assed city. That it's as, here it is, it's as big a city as, as like, many others that are nearby. It's right in the middle of the eastern seaboard. It's 300 miles from New York. But people act like this is somehow a culturally isolated backwater kind of a thing when there's all kinds of stuff going on here, which has been laboriously elevated over the last uh, 15 years by First Fridays, people getting together and putting galleries in these empty buildings on Broad Street that have just basically been forgotten about or abandoned. So people have been doing work a little bit at a time to generate a desire for art. And and then all of a sudden, big thing comes in from out of town and splatters a bunch of paintings all over the place. I can understand why there would be people that are kind of like, what's up with that? You know? Yeah. Um, is that what you're what you're channeling a little bit? That, there? I'm just not hopefully not channeling that. It's just where this interview has seemed to when I say pinpoint itself and has not gone away from it. And I uh, I don't know. This is not an interview. It's a conversation. Right, We're right. Having a conversation. Yes. Like we don't need to get into your. You know. I mean, right, would right. you like to talk more about um, your childhood? <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, and so let's let's just, let's put a positive spin on it. Let's just, at least at least let's do that. So 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 the good thing coming up is the sh- I guess it goes under the name Street Art Fest. Is it Art One Eighty? No, yeah, it's no. Ed Trask. Ed, what's Ed Trask thing called? Street Fest. Street Fest. Okay. Uh, I, I feel like I'm saying it wrong. It's um, we. I can pause it while you get the information you need. Would you like me to pause the computer? Yeah, pause and do that. Spend as much time talking. This is called tantric conversations for reasons because we talk about all right, whatever. So, so just to clarify, I'm not belly aching about the G40 thing. It's not. I'm not part of it, and I don't. And so, I just want to clarify that before we get into the next chapter. He's not hating on it. Virginia's for wonderful, and it's cool to see. You know, blah blah blah. Um, but uh, so the one coming up is the RVA Street Art Festival organized by Ed Trask and John Belisles. And what speaks to me about that one differently is that it, that it, that it includes both the celebrities of the street art world and just as much, if not more, 
local artists um, who live in Richmond and ought to have their shit on walls, mm-hmm. right? Because this is art that is a product of Richmond and a, a product of its citizens, and it's processing some aspect of Richmond life. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, nothing, you know, nothing, you know, it's 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 nice to see something that reflects Richmond. I mean, it isn't. I mean, it's it, it feels like that's what street art should be. I don't know. I don't know street art. I'm not. A, again, I clarify that I'm not a, a street artist, and I don't move in those circles. But to me, you know, Richmond being a a a middle-sized town needs to promote itself and needs to look at itself and needs to uh needs to start be loving happy itself. In itself glorify yeah. not glorify itself but you know needs to but have some pride to, yeah yeah i mean i i agree with you 100 percent, and i do th- i think that what what seems to me in coming back here having been gone for a while that that is happening that that uh there is way less of that attitude that like uh, I can't wait to get out of here. There's more of this like I want to do stuff here. This is a great place to do stuff. As great a place as any. Um, so it's it is starting to happen. But it, you know, I there's always been this strange kind of like we're not good enough kind of thing. And no, well, I think we've I think we've moved beyond that. We've we've gone from you know the 13 year old to the 16 year old that can drive his own car and mm-hmm. that we, we feel like we are in, uh, it, more in control of our ourselves. And it's nice to, it's nice to get to that. Uh, it's nice to get to that point. Um, but, but, we, we, but we've got so much, you know, we're, we are a, a historical a, a bigger city now. Yeah. You know, we can, we have our own bootstraps to pull up. I think it's, it's, Probably got something to do with a uh, a shame of the past kind of a thing, but then yet you know so many other southern cities are doing just fine when they've had just as much of the same shit going on. Like Atlanta doesn't seem to struggle with that, right? You know, and they were part of the Confederacy, and Charlotte doesn't seem to be struggling with that and all of that. So well, we every every city has its cross to bear. You know, yeah. the racism and 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 the Civil War are not the only things that ever happened to this country. Right, and uh, but they do have to be. Um, people got to get over them by confronting them sooner or later, and not denying them. And uh, I think that is. But, but then also, there's the, a lot of people coming into this town that don't care about any of that at all, and uh, that's a good for better for worse yeah, yeah. thing. Is that? But it. I mean, does it seem to you as a person who's been living here all this time that it's easier for people to open up businesses and easier to be painting on walls and doing that kind of stuff in Richmond than it was? Oh, for sure, years ago. for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. And well, yeah, not completely, but yes, definitely. To, it has gotten easier for you know we still have a lot of stupid laws and a lot of backmindedness when it comes to things like that. But no, there are businesses opening everywhere. Um, you know, Broad Street is alive and well after years of the city trying to make it happen themselves. It happened organically. It happened from people, small businesses, mom, pop businesses opening themselves, you know, after Sixth Street Marketplace and uh, the other one. Um, Main Street Station. Yeah. yeah. That's a similar Laughable. thing, actually, when you look at it. Like, what what made one of the most urban, like, Churchill is successful, became an, a desirable address because the community got Just together. Just did. Just did. 
What are you talking about? It's oh, you mean as a as a as a, as living? I'm talking about as a oh, as business. a business. Yeah. No, it's all that's just happened because there were a whole lot of laws stopping people from opening businesses there. There was zoning. There was all kinds of shit. But you know, my family moved in there in the '70s, and it was a fucked up neighborhood. And the people who lived in the neighborhood got together and did the things that the city wouldn't do, including like picking up you know dead dogs out of the gutter. Gross. I mean, like there was just nothing. The police, the city. Gross, they gross. You know, the whole neighborhood was just kind um, of f- floundering, is just in squalor. And the people who moved in there and fixed up houses and stuff made it the neighborhood that it is that more people wanted to move into. They did the neighborhood watch, the Churchill Civic sure, Association, sure, sure, all, of this, sure. all this grassroots stuff made it um, a more desirable place to live. So that should already be the model that that's what's going to work everywhere else but they keep trying to do these big civic projects you know or or big business projects bringing in outside consultants and contractors Who? and all the the city does uh, that uh, right yeah. which a lot of times will fuck over like the idea of building those those buildings down on the James that will block the view from Churchill of the river you know <sighs> yeah yes fuck yes over the it does it does which which it, which yeah. which is goes back to uh, again and I'm 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 treading carefully here but but again it goes back to the idea of what what I was trying to say about the G40 was that that any project that doesn't involve directly the people that live within the the neighborhood that projects are involving is doomed to to some kind of misery you have to you you know people who live in the neighborhoods where things happen have to be the people that make it happen and they have to be the people who are involved with it happening and and for the city to come in and be like well this is what we're doing here or vcu to say well this is what we're doing here or you know without directly involving people and i understand that it's, it's a long torturous route to directly involve people but you have to yeah and what do you think the answer to that is? Do you think that's more like the city government and the people who want to do all of this stuff actively seeking the uh, feedback and involvement of the people in those neighbors? Or do you think people need to be more involved in like going to city hall and getting you know both? I mean, that, that, that therein lies the rub that you know people aren't in, as involved as they could be. They aren't as community minded as they should be. The 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 powers that be aren't as community minded as they should be. There there is a lot of there is a disconnect between the two and people have learned to take what they get and try to make the best of it. Yeah. Uh, but again, I, you know, we all, if we want it to be better, we all got to be doing something yeah. to do something about it. Yeah. Like you can't just sit back and bitch about it. So, um, what is your, there was a, there's always, whenever I think about Richmond doing anything or, or, or the microcosms of Richmond doing anything, or any organization within Richmond doing something, I always think of a great quote that John Goldberg said, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, where somebody was talking about something that somebody had done, and the other person said, yeah, well, it's not that great. Mm -hmm. And the first person said, well, at least they're doing something. Yeah. And John Goldberg took that story, and he said, bullshit. Like, fuck that mentality no yeah. like even more so make it the best it can be like there's no like because you, oh, you're in a mediocre town you just do mediocre shit and right. promote the mediocrity no you if you're gonna do something do it all the way especially if you are in a in, in a in a middle-sized town you 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 owe it to the people around you to do the best you can do you think it's possible that maybe 
people didn't even know how mediocre their shit was until I mean now I mean and that's not to be a that's probably a harsh thing to say but like to be the best you have to know what the competition is and somehow or another prior to the internet and prior to the level of communication that's going on with Instagram and Twitter and Facebook all this social media and all of people kind of not only traveling around, which they don't do as much as they sort of have their eyes in other places where they can kind of see what's going on in this town, see what's going on in that town. There's a lot of uh, saying, hey, uh, well, if they can do that, I can do that. Like there's people are aware more of what the challenge is in order to not be mediocre. Like there's there's a bar there. Whereas like most of the time we would think if we were living in Richmond, oh, we're pretty good for Richmond. Now we're going to go see if we can be New York good. And you go live there and it's there's not much... Uh, communication going back and forth until you maybe come back from New York defeated and just try to do your thing here again. But there isn't this sense like we're in the conversation. That was the problem, I think. I don't think people were trying to be mediocre. They weren't in the, they didn't even know, you know. They weren't as immediately engaged in what was going on elsewhere. And that's perhaps that's why um there is this sense that what is being the best, being the best isn't just being better than other stuff in Richmond. It's being better than stuff that or as good as a world class or national well yeah level one of one thing that is that is changing in just the world in general obviously is is you know the 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 internet and 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 the world and you know there was a time when being a second tier city meant that you know all your restaurants were second tier you know right. and i think that that has changed we've come to a point where like Plenty of our restaurants, plenty of our stores, plenty of our boutiques are just as good as New York City's or mm-hmm. as Los Angeles. You know, there aren't as many of them, but the idea that like all of our restaurants will be a little less good than New York City's restaurants is disappearing. We we realize that like we that we we you know we can do just as many good things, just as many four star things, right as any place else, you know. So the whole idea of, of of second tier just kind of, I think, is 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 disappearing a little bit. That we'll never have as much, <coughs> um, as much. Which is not as isolated as, as good. We're not yeah. as isolated. Yeah, we yeah. can get the same oysters that New York can. You know, right? We can get the, or or better, better. You know, right? You know, oysters was a, a weird example, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> But you know we can get the same stuff. We can read the same recipes. We can we can figure out how to do shit. We're we're not just you know all the best does not just rise to the top anymore. It stays in different parts. You know I think that 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 that's a changing idea. That at one point because of because of transportation barriers, because of information barriers, because of all of these things, we. You know, the big cities did were the best because all the information was there, all the mm-hmm. people were there, all They're the right best the things the were all right there, and that was that was different. But now that's the, those 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 boundaries have have shifted, and we mm-hmm. can there are no boundaries. You know, we can we can still be. You know, there is still that there is still that prevailing attitude, and I've had several conversations this past week of people feeling like they three. I had three different conversations just in the past week. Of people feeling like they still needed to go to the big towns because if they didn't, they were missing out. And you know, I lived in New York and, and how Chicago. How much did living in New York and affect you as an artist? Uh, no, none. I don't think. I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, everything affects everything, of course. But, I d- but did you learn things there? Did your conscious of learning from having been up there? 
Only that if you uh, wanted to do yeah, what you're no, going to do, you'd remind, rather do it somewhere remind cheaper. you that you're talking to a sort of an insular artist. So I, I no, I don't think a yeah, lot. I don't think that. I mean, I, 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 certainly personally, I mean, I wasn't really doing art as a career when I was up there. I was selling. I was selling stuff for the first time. I was, you know, going out in the street and doing the card table on West right. Broadway uh-huh. thing, and then I had a. a, a, a one or one or two shows and restaurants or whatever and and so that was definitely oh yeah you that was remember that restaurant I yeah was there. <laughs> right <laughs> and also the other there, one yeah. that uh, Nikki ran really yeah with oh yeah, oh, yeah. uh huh uh huh but okay so you being an, a self educated artist like what influenced when you did start, like when you went in, was there an influence or were you just, I mean, nobody act, operates in a vacuum and you aren't that insular. Okay. You're not some shut in. <laughs> you are more so now than you were uh, you when you were in the, New York. Well, you you don't f- know me from Beethoven. I know you better than, than, uh, I know you well enough. I know that you aren't around like you used to be now, but when back in, in the nineties and not the 2000s. your circles. Okay. What circles those are. I, you're the one calling yourself an insular, dude. I'm I'm saying you're actually not as a you're a, as an artist. I well, said well, what that doesn't have anything to do being. with influencing. Like, all right, so so yes, you said life you was were life was was definitely. I'm sure. I'm sure. If you looked at some of the stuff that I was doing then, whatever I was painting then, was of course directly influenced by what was going on in my day to day life. I just, but I wasn't like part of any art collective or community or or those things okay I wasn't, but were I you looking at other artists and saying no. hey i like that no never i've always tried to when i find something i like i like to glance at it and look away and glance at it look away i like to get a little bit of it but i don't like to get too much of it okay see i mean if you're going to use a um a blanket term like insular, you know, <laughs> like, what are we talking about? Because I, I, I assumed you meant that you were kind of like you're not connecting with other people. And, and as an artist, you're um, it doesn't really matter if you're looking at other art or if you're part of an art community. In fact, those people tend to be less interesting. The people who are just channeling their experience of their life through their art are the ones that generally stand out. So in a lot of ways, you're doing a tried and true thing that artists did before there were art schools and it's not like they've been art schools for ever right you know? right right um so living in new york did that put some kind of a did, did did that alter your philosophy at all to go out of the small town and go to the big town of course i mean yeah i mean that was i mean yeah living in it moving anywhere even even within a town alters everything alters every you know the the light is coming from a different angle you're facing a different way you know yeah all those things change everything all the time i just i i, I wasn't i've uh, i'm just all i'm saying is that i wasn't like i wasn't cognizantly taking into account my experience of living in in new york and let me finish this up. In New York, as as inspiration for what I was doing, it was, but I wasn't. I wasn't doing it consciously. And 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 now I am. That's the only You're very difference. consciously, very conscious what of what is going on of, around of my uh-huh. immediate surroundings, of what of of the of the seasons, of the birds, of the trees, of the river, of the you know of the things that are 
the 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 people in my neighborhood, you know, all those things work themselves directly into what I do as an artist while in New York. I I still wasn't even thinking about, you know, I, I wasn't as cognizant about how the process worked then. Love, do you love um, what you're painting and what you're expressing? Do you love Richmond? Do you feel a, a affection and fondness and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my constant muse. It goes into every everything I do. Yeah, I, I do love Richmond. So if nothing else, maybe moving Virginia. to New York and then coming back gave you ability to appreciate sure. it. Sure. Or I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, in a generic way, I guess. I mean, I, I got back from New York thirteen years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, know. let's say you know you said you've had this conversation with somebody recently, or two or three people three. who are saying they feel like they still what need I to said. go to New York. What would what if they you know if they were actually asking your advice like should I go to New York or not? I told them no. You would say no, and I said big cities because they weren't all New York. But yes, no. Well, no. I I told them yes and no. I mean, I said I. I'm I, I, I'm so glad that I went to New York and that I went to Chicago and I briefly went to San Francisco and, um, you know those all all those things informed who I am and and those things especially when you are young, and traveling makes so much sense and you have no hangers on. But you can't have a perspective on a place if you're totally subjectively always there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I don't don't agree with that at all. I think you have the best... I think that somebody who stays in one place all their life has the best has the best subjective. No, I'm saying you can't have objective if you're always subjectively Uh, uh, in a place. So it's... I don't know. I don't know. I think that like I think that y- you could you could stay you could be reclusive and stay inside your house and always find something new to discover. I don't think that right. I guess that right. you know there's 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 no. I think that that's and then like I said, which goes hand in hand with what I was saying earlier about the big city versus little city or you know second tier city. Like you can do whatever you want. Like there, there no longer is the like oh I'm from a small town so I gotta go to New York City. And then you know it's like that 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 that's 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 wrong. We live in a we live in such a transient world where we are constantly experiencing people from outside. We're constantly experiencing people who have been here. We're constantly experiencing growth. We're constantly experiencing new ideas and new businesses and new. I mean, there's there's this uh, the idea that like I have to go to well, a city that's more populated just to fulfill my to to make to make me a better person. Is well, this you know what well, we are we are coming from the assumption I think both of us that a, a person's move to one of those places would be motivated by improving their their ability to make their art or all whatever. The peop- all the people but, who, who I talk to, the, but has nothing the, to do was, with being a place about, where people I'm gonna, might I'm buy miss art. Out. You know, it's not about where the, the place where you could actually, at one point, you could sell your paintings for shitloads of money, like in galleries up there, and that's well, not going to happen. Well, that actually is still true. Yeah, and right. I'm not. That's not. That's not what's going on in my in my career world. Right. So I'm not that worried about that personally. But that isn't. But that. But we haven't. We we, we haven't uh, considered that. That's what's motivating some people because that isn't really what motivates either of us. We've never gone somewhere to make more money necessarily. Right, that wasn't right, the right. primary. But there are lots of people who say, "Okay, I can't make money. I can't get. I can't yeah, do I this in Richmond. So I have to go to New York or Chicago if I want to. If if I want to be around people that'll pay for this kind of shit that have the taste. Because a friend of mine was just talking about a restaurant that opened since 
since we've also been talking about other kinds of businesses that opened out in the West End that did some pretty exotic stuff um, with familiar elements, you know, like animals that you'll eat other parts of. So they introduced some things to the menu and they that weren't common. You know, this was kind of a gourmet, uh, uh, you know, locally sourced, uh, you know, might have some goat testicles. I don't know, whatever there. And the people who are who have the money to to eat that to pay the tickets that they wanted to be you know putting on their tables were not interested in eating that kind of food because they you know for whatever the taste hasn't been cultivated here the taste hasn't been cultivated for that kind of food it hasn't been cultivated for a certain kind of art well no, but just because we know and that just revolves around the fact that we have a lower density population that there aren't just enough there aren't enough testicle you know, uh, aficionados to so that's why to some make people might give up the a fight. A restaurant worth right. it in New York City. You can find there are going to be enough, there, there just, are enough just by sheer just right. by sheer numbers. You know, right. That's, so that's you can the, find you're more likely to find an audience for whatever the hell it is you want to do in these concentrated cities, and you have to work a little harder for it here. Which brings us to you that you have concertedly found a niche for yourself and you have always uh, approached that from my view and you can dispute this if you want i'm just putting my opinion out there i'm not trying to say facts that you've always done a pretty good job of balancing what you need what level you need you're living at and how it needs to be supported by actually making any kind of money off of your art you've always had a good I, I have i have found a way to to have an extraordinarily um insular lifestyle mm-hmm. i'm just kidding uh no i've i've you I've, almost caught me not listening uh, to you for a second i've right? found a I'm, w- I'm a little just, pissed just, off about something you said earlier just, but i'm gonna well, try that's and okay. let it go i'm pissed off about the whole interview why i'm just joking about the G40 why did you have to thing? be a dick about uh i don't know whatever circles you're hanging out in like the fuck Where did that? i say that you said it a little you were like you were talking about being insular, and I said, "Well, it, you know, if oh, you because you accused me of like being like hermetic." You said, that you, you, accu- you said, like I'm, that. You, you said you don't you're more you're insular not, uh, than you used to be, but you don't know that. I'm you don't know basic. what you don't know what I do in my in my in my I'm life, my day to day. You don't see me. I see you once a month. You don't know well, who I am fault, or what I'm doing or where I am going. That makes me think that you're saying this just because I'm not crossing the same paths that you are. Is what the point I was making? I'm not. I'm not crossing. The same but you paths that you are doesn't that mean that if I had some assumption and I don't, I was repeating you said, your own fucking You said words that I was a, a, a shut in more than I used to be. I fucking didn't say that. I used your words of insular. I was trying to understand what you were saying. I was about to make a nice point, and I can't remember what that was anymore. It was that I uh, now I can't even was remember. It, was it about what we were just talking no, about? Was where I was using, where I made the insular joke. Oh, when. Um, <laughs> <laughs> something about your oh that i that i have learned to, uh, that i i have a i have a a a i have i live a lifestyle that that allows me to have certain to live well but within my means i guess yeah. you, and you've always had a good it. balance with that so Instead of setting yourself up in an, something you, that really needs a lot of money to sustain itself, you set yourself up with something that you can sustain while you you build your audience. And you've built that. You've built um, – I mean, you haven't done that intentionally with your paintings, but you have found an audience and a niche for your paintings um, by you know consistently applying 
yourself to that here. Um, would you agree with that? That it's been a, a consistent process for you, or do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it a mind something you were aware of doing? A no, bit? I no. just do my thing. Okay. What is your involvement with Ed's thing? The the next street. I don't know. Could you call him now and get him on the phone so we can I could figure it out? Just, just joking, Ed. Um, I don't know. Uh, really, what it will be? I'll be involved. Okay. So you were saying before that it, you it could you it could use a little better communication, perhaps, <laughs> <laughs> like we could have here, perhaps, because that was that was <laughs> awfully antagonistic. Certainly. I don't. I know. Where did this I know. Come from? I I know that I don't see that much, but I figured that's a choice on your part because I know that you're out doing things, but like you know, you're not calling me or texting me, but I'm I'm not resentful about it because nor are nor you know, are you. I haven't. I, we, dude, I'm not, I'm not if your phone there is down. any communication between us, it comes from me. It has been and it has been asking to do this thing, and I have, that is not the I only have, thing. Uh, so I have invited the, you to go bike riding thing. several times no, on Bell Island. Not. Yes, I have. I can even find the text on my phone. In fact, just this past weekend, I was contacting you to see if you wanted to do that, and maybe two weeks ago, I, I have been. It's been a very busy summer, and as soon as I slowed down, I finally said, "Now's the time to do it," and okay. we did it. So it's fine. I don't need to get the. I, I apologize for thinking so highly of you that I would want to include you in this project get that the I'm grill doing from all angles. Yeah, but uh, what, you know, I I have, I'm not. I have no axe to grind about you not thinking I'm cool enough to hang out with. Be, you know, Good. it's okay with me. You know, I don't, I've outgrown all of that. So, <laughs> you know, you, you it's not there. Senior hipster over here. You get uh, to, you gotta, you gotta oversee your flock, man. Like, <laughs> take them to school, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> all right. So, uh, Chris, do you have any, uh, do you have a show hanging anywhere right now? Um, I do not, but I'm getting ready to um, have a puppet show next month at uh, Quirk. That's going to be a really awesome evening. We haven't done the puppet show in a while. The puppet show is me and my sister. We are Huckety Puppet Theater, and uh, it'll be in mid-September at Quirk, and it's going to be... Re- I'm, I'm getting chills even thinking about it. It's going to be... but It's the next like activity on my... List of things to do. Chills there's new songs. Yeah, it. it's yeah. gonna be. There's like I I've written the ending in the past couple of days, and there's a great song. There's this debut. There's a, a cameo from God, and it gets really sad towards the end. And it's gonna be just a. Uh, it's gonna be a good puppet show, and we're gonna have some other uh, musical acts going on at the same time. We're making a whole evening of it. It's gonna be really fun. I just. It's. It's what. What's fun to to a, a part of what I do because I hate to say shit like what I do. Um, that's soda pop you hear in the background. Cats um, love this fucking yeah, box full of shit. Yeah, cats love, here. my soda pop loves boxes. Um, but uh, w- what I was saying was that, uh, you know, I get to do murals for a while and then I get to come back in the studio and do paintings for a while and then I get to plan a puppet show and then I get to go back and do paintings and it just like it, it's 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 
fun again with that word but still it's it is I'm what it is it's like the it's huckety thing too i really love that one that you did what was was the last one you did down at millie's was oh that, god no 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 done we've done a th- th- thousand ones since then but it's been the it's been two years it's been a year and a half i think since the last puppet show that we did and uh i'm just i'm i, I always get so tired of the puppet show after just one show but it, it's uh because it, it's hard for me to work with other people sometimes because I get so used to being my own business. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, You mean like promoting it at a... N- well, organizing the band and getting who's going to play what and what instruments because uh. there's a full band that goes with it. And so there's, you know, we have to figure out who's going to best complement the... The songs and what the and, you know the storyline and and building props and the whole and then the, you know and then putting you know putting it all together it's 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 just a lot of it's just a very different headspace than what it takes to make a painting but which but that's what but, but what, I guess, what I'm saying is that performer in this you're organizing other performers to be in it yeah yeah just, yeah yeah so, so you're talking about there's there's other are there other bands playing that event or there's uh, the non confirmed i won't okay. say any names but yes yes the, it's gonna be a whole evening at quirk uh, outside in the little alleyway next to quirk and uh-huh. it's, it's gonna be a fun uh it's gonna be a fun evening based around the puppet show and and i'm just I, the 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 closer it gets the more excited i get because it's just i have a bunch of great Ideas. Are you sure you wouldn't like to do one little song right now, or part of one? <sighs> Get your guitar out, and you know, it'd be kind of kind of cute. A little teaser, like if somebody hears. All right, you, like here's what here's what we'll do. We can pause it. I'll okay. get the guitar. All right. You can record it. If I don't, don't like it, if I don't like it, do, you're not gonna you're gonna take <laughs> it out. <laughs> All right. This is for the new puppet show. We have known no one before us Stand we now as mighty warriors Tallest tree out of the forest Keen the fiery chorus line But what will we sing, my dear? And what will we sing, my dear? That is true There is no one before And no one will come after you Do you hear the red tails crying? Can you hear the river rising? But I have knives and I'm for fighting We must keep songs alive But what will we sing, my dear? And what will we sing, my dear? That it's true There is no one before No one will come after you There is no one before No one will come after you 
All right. That was awesome. That worked out great. <laughs> Thank you. Don't walk away. Just stay here and let's uh, talk a little bit more. You can h- hang on to your guitar and pull the mic out. We're back where we are. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, yeah, that was that was great. A little teaser for the show. And when is it going to be at the Quirk? Uh, I think it's the um, 14th. Okay. Is is that a Friday? Uh, it's going to be a Saturday. Saturday. Okay. Saturday the 14th. So far, it's going to be on the 14th. But uh, just, you know, look at your Facebook. Yes. We, we're only here to remind you that these things are going on. This is not supposed to be a calendar of events. So please check out um, all of your social media. And there'll be Facebook. And yeah, was the Cork Gallery going to put it on their website? Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, okay. definitely. So it's an official quirk kind of an event. Is yep. there is there also an art They're hosting opening it. going on? I there don't time? know. Okay. Well, Chris, thanks so much for sitting down with me and arguing and, and giving your honest opinion about things, <laughs> which is, hey, man, it's refreshing. Everybody's yeah. trying to cover their ass. Cause we're yeah. But if we don't tell what we really think, then nobody knows, Can nobody can respond to that, right? Totes. <laughs> Totes. All right, I love you, man. Love you too, bro. Bye. That was Chris Milk. Good buddy. Good song. I liked it. Be looking forward to that next Huckety Puppet Theater at Quirk Gallery. Keep your eyes peeled for that. This weekend is that barbecue I've been talking about for weeks at Haddad's. Featuring, of course, Guar, COC, Municipal Waste, Cannabis Corpse, many other bands, and Barbecue. Then, before the Barbecue is the Before BQ on Friday night. Some old friends of mine, Randall Robinson, and his Apocalypse Dudes Turbo Negro tribute. And the Lucky Stiffs are playing, Peter Frank and Daryl and Larry, and uh, Bloody Crackdown. U.S. Bastards. So that's Friday night before BQ. Bunch of bands. I, I don't remember where it is again. I forgot. It's the Canal Club or something. And then, then Guar on Saturday. Also, the Band Wars thing featuring Horsehead and Gold Rush is happening Saturday night at the Camel. And um, I was going to interview John and Kevin Wednesday night, but I fucked that up. So I'm going to try to get those guys later in Prevere from Gold Rush. Um, yeah, and I was, last week I mentioned that street art festival, which Chris and I talked about. I thought it was happening this week. It's September 11th, 15th, where they're going to be working, putting up all this art in the old GRTC compound. It's never too soon to be talking about that. And there's a before party you can look at, look for on Facebook. It's happening the 21st of this month, next week, a kind of a kickoff. Um... So yeah, peace, peace, love, and hair grease.